0: The Football Pod. Colin O'Rourke said that in punditry today, the colour, wit,
1: and enthusiasm is missing. Tune into the Football Pod.
0: <laughs> Paddy Andrews and James Dunn will bring it for you.
2: Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The News Round on Off the Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.
2: Alright, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We've got a packed show coming up. John Giles on the brilliance of Manchester City from half past seven. Philippe Eau on the other side of Manchester City. Coming away from nine o'clock, we'll have Shabana Hearn on a pivotal week in the WSL. And at eight o'clock, a really interesting piece, Martin Fogarty, uh, who was on the sidelines with Brian Cody for so many years uh, at Kilkenny, uh, and then moved on to a very different position as the hurling uh, national development manager for five years. And he'll be giving his thoughts on the state of the game at well, probably more grassroots level and away from the eight, nine counties where hurling is absolutely thriving. In the the work that he did, the work he's trying to do, and the obstacles that he has faced as a hurling faces extinction in certain parts of the country. Willow
1: Callahan, host of the hurling pod here, to defend hurling.
2: Then the hurling man, Martin he's um, more of a hurling man, even than you. Uh, he is the hurling man. I would argue, as
1: Cody's right-hand man, along with Dempsey for all of those years, effectively two decades. They are on the hurling council, effectively, along with Cody as the high priest of hurling, and. I don't know the extinction line. Obviously, you're being a bit facetious here. Can you really make something extinct where it never really if took really off? Lived. Can you be extinct if you've never really lived? It's very philosophical, but yeah, that's the way we should have opened it. I remember um, reading Martin Fogarty's piece with Declan Bogue when he had left this role, which happened during mm. COVID, and he's never been replaced since. So Hurling has been without a national director uh, since 2021, and he was making the point that. He probably wasn't as aware until he went particularly to Ulster and realised the situation in some of the counties where legitimately there were only a couple of clubs there and there was very little infrastructure around hurling. Even It was even more surprising than he expected when he arrived. And I think that's really stood out, that it, you kind of, when you put it down that way, and if we were to tally the job that would be required, it's maybe bigger even than some people would expect when they talk about the idea of trying to promote hurling. And then you saw how solidly Liam Griffin's Motion was beaten at Congress this year. You have to wonder about the appetite countrywide to grow the game of hurling.
2: Well, there is no great appetite in a huge amount of clubs, and it was interesting talking to uh, talking to Martin about his experience in certain counties, strong football counties, as to when he went in and he spoke to people, and you know, let's try and get a juvenile hurling set up, and the resistance that was in his way. Now, firstly, there's a lack of knowledge there of hurling in the first place to actually go and coach the game, but that an awful lot of clubs are football clubs. I was making the point, are they not GAA clubs? And he's like, mm, they're football clubs, yeah. and they don't want to be a GAA club
1: with hurling involved, so. And even in some dual counties, where genuinely both games are being promoted fairly equally, you can have a situation where there's a football club in the area and there's a hurling club in the area and they're almost like sister clubs without being connected but the feeling is that the lads who want to play hurling can go and play with the hurling club and the football club will be separate and then that creates all sorts of issues when it comes to the season and when the club championships get underway and team players are having to go out and play every two or three days as a result because there's not that joined up thinking because the clubs are separate and then you add in like Martin Fogarty's own county where they've found their own curious way to uh, solve the calendar with the football championships mm. where the football in Kilkenny effectively ends before the summer gets underway and then hurling which is by far the dominant sport within the county has the summer as a run for itself
2: once Kilkenny have been knocked out of the championship Richard McCormick good evening Lads, how are ye? Before you say a Kilkenny man preaching about, you know, just one sport, what are they, 34 football clubs
1: in Kilkenny? And an All-Ireland Junior Championship where our own Hurling Pod co-host, Paul Murphy, was the uh, teak-tough full-back in that team.
2: Yeah, uh, Paul, uh, don't tune in between eight and nine. Your All-Ireland is a very worthwhile thing in football. It's an equal of all your hurling medals, but I did like the way uh, Martin spoke about... Uh, football of You know like they're, they're into it So they sort of go and play their games And do that thing And have a bit of fun with it Like not too do serious Like they're, you know, they're just it's not, it's not like the Hurling Which you know we, we take seriously But there's still an opportunity If you're into football In Kilkenny To play it yep. Whereas If you're interested in Hurling And If you grew up And you somehow had to move County Away from a Tipperary Or a Kilkenny And move up North uh, The chances of you finding a Hurling club Are Barely slip. Depends where you land. If you go into Down, Antrim, or
1: Derry, where there are areas that are particularly strong and there's some hugely strong clubs in that area, you're probably fine. By and large but there are yeah, definitely struggle yeah there's pockets of the country where hurling is largely forgotten about particularly at adult level that's the thing there's sometimes there's provision there for children to play a bit and then it never really follows through to adult level which it, which to me at least I think it's an awful pity that it's not promoted a little bit more again I'm not sure what the answer is and people can listen to Martin for that upcoming hour of chat that you have we didn't have any balance
2: Richie with this uh, it was all about what we can do to grow hurling <laughs> I, uh, maybe what what I should got, reduce I, maybe there's maybe there's maybe <coughs> it's too to much hurling it out. maybe it's yeah, too much to stamp hurling
0: it out. <laughs> get rid of it entirely now there's um, when you when you think about it, it's it's interesting that for decades now, at this stage, uh, they obviously operated individually, but they're going to collectively come under the GA banner eventually. But you did have the Ladies Gaelic Association and the Camogie Association, and I wonder is there scope within the GEA banner to essentially have and a self-operating hurling unit within the GA instead of it being all under the one and everything kind of being you know parsed out here and there. Uh, on a club by club basis, is whether you can have a dedicated wing of the GEA which is solely looking after hurling, it's probably something that they would need to to look into down down the line. You must have been listening
2: because that was basically uh, the end point from Martin Fogarty. Was, you know, was asking about <laughs> I was asking uh, him about you know resources because he had that role for five years. There's nobody in that role right now as to what resources are available when you are trying to grow hurling it's not a, an open door at all uh, towards finances you've got to make the case for equipment you've got to make the case for coaching courses all of that sort of stuff
1: but- and you probably need someone Nathan in that position because ultimately it will flow up from the games development officers who are in the counties in question now, and maybe you'll have, say, a regional development officer who would then be feeding in. But I think you probably need an overall director to go and have those conversations with the director
2: general or those who are on the high-level committees. Well, Park that's Park. the that's what he was making the point that on these committees, actually, do you have enough people on them who are fighting for hurling, and are fighting not just for hurling, but are fighting for the second and third tier hurling mm-hmm. counties? And at the moment. They're just not My suspicion is they would fight
1: remarkably hard For these sold out games That are in the Munster Championship right now The Leinster Final The All-Ireland Series See them Which are a great showcase And I'm sure bring in tremendous revenue to the GAA But I would say what happens further
2: down Is probably of less importance What are you on about? Sunday afternoon Nothing but hurling What about the great gales of this country From Mayo and Kerry Who provided more entertainment Let's be honest Than any hurling counties have Over the last decade Mayo and Kerry footballers and they're behind the paywall And, even go, and, and, and going everyone's, just, everyone's right? just Getting on with it, Aren't they Everyone's getting nominated. They'll pay their money They'll You know Reward these players It's fine i y- bitch in the morning going here. to Killarney now today I'm going to Killarney I've got stuff on On Saturday oh, afternoon what's in the golf <laughs> <process>? <laughs> Well the golf will be on It's like a perfect uh, You go straight from Mayo Kerry Champions Cup final Golf for the evening Thing of beauty All on the couch Would not be a thing of beauty To go down to
1: Kerry For the weekend Too expensive of Hotels mm what's your point I don't understand what your point oh, is oh no just you know quintessential Mayo football man you know
2: you'd be expecting to be on the terraces well, I'm a quintessential Mayo football man that I live in Dublin and when they're playing in Corp Park I head over there <laughs> it's a bloody it's a bloody long way from Dublin to everywhere that's the problem here and also it's not straight knockout well, there is that element. No hotel rooms in Killarney. Don't, don't you be criticising me. the <laughs> Hell, awfully win one
0: <laughs> match. And, where, where we, yeah, just, know, and Will wasn't just, even there. Just because you
2: never have to travel anywhere. Where were
0: you last night? It's tweeting true. about it. Go to Cullen Park. Yeah. No. Had to work, yeah. It's outrageous. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely Absolutely had to work. Had to work, Richie. Plus,
1: by the time I would have considered going, the game was already sold out at that point. Toil, such, such was the awful support. <laughs> I probably could get in, Arthur, yeah. Arthur's as I have said, probably could get in. I probably could have got in the press pass, yes. But anyway. Absolutely. Michael Verney yeah. was there, I think. I'm not sure he used his press pass again or not, but uh, I saw a picture during the rounds of him jumping up, punching the air beside Michael Dignan on the pitch
0: afterwards. You I mean, see, Verney's a proper hurling man. He, he's actually paying into these things, unlike you, Will. There you go. And he's going in the first place, actually.
2: Indeed. Uh, 53106 is the text number. Uh, Richie is with us because it is the news round right here on Off The Ball. There is lots of golf for us this evening Uh The PGA Championship was slightly delayed A little bit of frost But Rory's out in the course And he is just (laughs) about
0: dragging himself back into the tournament yeah, he had a brutal front nine uh, let's be quite honest about that I think he shot a 38 uh, on the front nine so he was uh, 3 over par there he has dragged himself back into contention with birdies at 3 and 4 uh, he's played obviously at, at the 10th for his first hole but he's back to 1 over par he has 5 to play of his first round also on 1 over is Padre Harrington. he too is uh, with 5 out from home uh, Shane Larry is 2 over par also another man who has 5 holes of his first round left to play uh, Ryan Fox is the current leader with 3 to play at Oak Hill, he is on 300 par. As you mentioned there this morning, a two hour delay to the start of play due to frost on course, and that means that Seamus Power won't be out until just after half past eight this evening.
2: Global warming, global warming is what's going on. We've had a Grand Prix cancelled because of flooding, and now frost in May in New York delaying uh, the USPGA. So, Rory's shown a, a bit of grit bit of fight here as you say disastrous opening nine three over par back to back birdies he's back to one over par so Mm -hmm. he's only what four shots off the lead I think if he finished four shots off the lead on day one he would take quite a bit of confidence from that and confidence is clearly an issue with him right now when you just look at his general demeanour and his tone in his press conferences he looks like he's a little bit shell-shocked with what happened at the Masters he spoke in his press conference of the night before the Masters never being as confident that he was going to play well at Augusta talking to Bob Rotella and basically saying like, I feel too good how do I stay in a level which is not the greatest recommendation for Bob Rotella's work that he goes and stinks the joint out two days later uh, but to go from that to where he is now and more or less zero expectations coming into this I think if he gets in after day one four shots back job done Are you the advice there was to
1: pour too much cold water and actually
2: Well there's nothing There's never a middle ground With McElroy It is It is all or nothing It is he is God, or
1: it is just complete disaster. So, well, given his experience at quite a few of the recent majors, as long as he's not out of contention by the end of day one, at least that's something he can build on for tomorrow. And no one's really running away at the moment. Our old friend Ryan Fox right up there at the top of the leaderboard, and I'm sure you're about to tell us Nathan about his lineage as the son of a former All Black. And I, I remember following him around. One about the great you. things about you as a broadcaster, Will, is that you know you never need to tell them you're in there first. There you go, steal the line from you. But I remember us following him around about Liffin when he was going really well at the yeah. Irish Open. He's one of those players who tends to do well at the Irish Open. Yeah,
2: he's a very good European tour player mm. and uh, does pop up at the odd time in a major. He was beaten in a playoff that year in Ballyliffin in the Irish Open. Uh, so he's three under par. Victor Hovland, three under par as well. Uh, there was a sense that this course might suit Hovland. It is more of a US Open type course, which means the scoring isn't expected to be particularly low that you know, five, six under par might actually go and win this tournament and the bits I've seen on TV so far does have that look of okay. very tight fairways the rough is going to make it very difficult ah, but the one that's there Scotty Scheffler who is a shot off the lead he's been playing really solid golf but his putter has let him down big time so far this season and particularly over the last couple of months he's there thereabouts but he's also outside the top 100 in the strokes game putting stats. So even a slight improvement in his putting and he's the likely winner of this tournament. John Ram, I see he's had three straight bogeys. It's interesting that Gary Murphy the and I
1: was saying that on that putting point, the Scheffler is so good around the fairways that he's always going to give himself chances. So if it just starts to go on a streak of good putting, He's a guy who will naturally give himself
2: loads of birdie opportunities here. So, well, he's a standout name, I think, even though Hovland is obviously very much an emerging force right now. But the fact that Scheffler is there, just a shot off the lead, right day, there on day one, uh, will have everybody else a bit worried. Anything else further down the leaderboard, Richie? Uh,
0: not really to mention. There, as I mentioned, uh, Harrington and, and Larry, and there, there, well, Larry's to back, to two, Mark. back to two over par now. Two over par, yeah. So. Uh, Bryson is there on two under par. Keegan Bradley's in two under par. Colin Markow is one of those who's on one under. Uh, at the moment he has five to play uh, Then you're down into the likes of uh, Luke Donald and JT Poston who are level So it's kind of condensed And as long as you're not you know, five adrift let's say at the end of the first day You're probably in with a, a fair enough chance Once your play improves to drag yourself back into contention
2: Hurling needs its own national organisation Otherwise it'll stay the same P.S. Expect some bloodshed between the two organisations at ground level Says Anthony, a former Hurling coach in a football county
1: How mysterious?
2: Bloodshed well, I hope uh, it doesn't go that far The opposite Regarding promoting football Also hurls true In hurling counties There's very little appetite To promote football in Limerick And it's even discouraged And the players are no longer allowed play duel in minor anymore This is biased towards hurling Because anyone decent At both football and hurling Will most often choose
1: hurling It's difficult For the hearts and minds Isn't it Particularly when a county Is very successful in one code So right now If you were a really good Underage player in Limerick And you know Football or hurling Is the choice laid before you Grodd Hegarty Yeah You're going to stick with Hurling, aren't you? Well, look at Dublin. Well, exactly, complete opposite. I mean, I remember I was only actually having a look back at uh, the last Leinster under 20 final where (laughs) Dublin beat uh, Offaly a few years ago. And Conor Callaghan and Colin Baskell were on the team for Dublin and were their star players, scored the goals in the night. And then almost straight away, they went to football when a choice had to be made beyond under 20. And, well, I think they've both
2: done reasonably okay. Jesus lads I don't pay for Golf Weekly To avoid this kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough That's fair. Listen it's four times a year four th- Now it's not our fault They changed the schedule And the four times Come quite condensed pissed. now mm. It's four times a year We get to talk about this In the Thursday night like, Give us a little bit of something
1: Is this a new Patreon plan You pay four quid And don't
2: have to listen to Golf Chat Just give us the money you I don't care whether you're listening Or not once the cash is in mm. so these things work uh, Live football tonight Big night for West Ham
0: Yeah, lots of live football tonight. West Ham hoping to reach their first European final since 1976. They have taken a 2-1 lead with them to Alkmaar for the second leg of their Conference League semi-final with AZ. Elsewhere in that competition, Basel hold a 2-1 lead at home to Fiorentina. Roma take a 1-0 advantage to Bayer Leverkusen for the second round, second leg, pardon me, of their Europa League semi-final. Sevilla and Juventus resume level at a goal apiece. And Newcastle entertain Brighton in the Premier League tonight. There's a 7.30 start at St. James's Park. Evan Ferguson and Alexis McAllister are among those on the bench tonight for Brighton
2: yeah obviously a uh, big game for both Newcastle as they look to secure Champions League football and for Brighton as they look to get Europa League football Brighton have so many games left uh, that they're having to rotate a huge amount so I think four changes Levi Colwell not even in the squad and McAllister on the bench Ferguson on the bench so what might have looked like a very tricky game for Newcastle I think when you look at that Brighton starting 11 you would think maybe it'll be alright but then you think back to that Chelsea game and Brighton made a load of changes that day and played maybe and put together one of the best performances of the season. It's going to be a good game.
1: Hopefully. I mean, some they don't make a huge amount of sense, Brighton. We look at the Everton performance and then they go and beat Arsenal away from home straight after that. So it is, you said, they have to make decisions though about who they play and who they don't play. Maybe they looked at the calendar and said, Newcastle away, who are going to be going all guns tonight to try and get that step closer to Champions League. Maybe this is the one you scratch and you prioritise
2: your points elsewhere. Lads, why do Kilkenny not field a team in football? The only county that gets to opt out. At least, even the weakest counties can field a team in hurling. Kilkenny seem to get a free pass on this one and get to focus exclusively on hurling. Not fair, says so o- a lot of anonymous texting tonight. Put your name to it.
0: The not fair makes it sound like they, they do have the a football a team.
2: team. Uh, your your colleague has a All Ireland medal as we mentioned in football, mm. so they just don't enter the All Ireland series. No, not the league. But with the amount of football teams they have, they could surely stick a team in but would there be any point to it?
1: I think the step if they're to come back has to be going to Division 4 of the Football League and then build from there but I think that's still a few years away seems to be Maybe uh, the Talchin Cup gives them an opportunity <coughs> where
2: would you give them the chance to not go into, a preliminary not go into Kent, Leinster when they get rid of the provincial championships play Division 4 play Talchin Cup happy days
1: Yeah, I mean that generally could be a runner like the fact that New York get certain provisions at the moment if Kilkenny felt that they couldn't play in the provincial championship because again they're playing their local club championship at the time could they be parachuted in as a preliminary quarter finalist to rejoin
2: the championship I don't know So, obviously the league season is coming to an end in England, but we are, what, four weeks away from uh, the Republic of Ireland's next qualifier in Greece, and it's providing quite a headache for Stephen Kenny because a lot of the players are finished, what, nearly two weeks at this stage? in the championship so he's going to have a couple of get-togethers he's going to have a long run in Turkey ahead of the game in Greece and try and acclimatise the heat and all that sort of stuff Uh, but he's getting a 22-man squad together for four days in Bristol next week and some interesting stories out of this
0: Yeah, Seamus Coleman Andrew Amabamadeli and Callum Robinson are all going to miss next month's Euro 2024 qualifiers with Greece and Gibraltar through injury Stephen Kenny has named a 22-man panel for that four-day training camp in the equally balmy Bristol next week it's mainly comprised of EFL players but there's room too for Derry and Bohemians goalkeepers Brian Marr and James Talbot and Shamrock Rovers Neil Ferrugia. also called up are the uncapped Hull and Millwall defenders Sean McLaughlin and Danny McNamara also having scored eight goals in 20 championship games while on loan at Preston from Everton there's a chance for Tommy Cannon to impress
2: Yeah obviously the Premier League players and the likes of Matt Doherty and Mikey Johnston still have to come back into this but well, firstly Noah Ombamadele is a it's just so disappointing for himself and Ida for what 18 months at this stage just haven't been able to get a run with the national team at all barely played any football at international level Coleman would have started in Greece without question so two big blows there straight away Uh, Neil Ferrugia, the only outfield player from the league in the squad Uh, Mm. he's been tipped I did think the way Jack Byrne was playing maybe he might get himself back in there there are obviously a lot of options in the middle of midfield Uh, Ferrugia has a chance I think of making the main squad
0: yeah, it's kind of seen Where he'd be a squad player though. It's it's, mm. it's he's not somebody I can see being parachuted into the squad in a similar way. Say that Mikey Johnston was, whereby they get in and then straight away they're they're kind of in in with a chance of starting the game or certainly um, the first clutch of replacements coming off the bench. Uh, with you, like obviously bring him in, have a look at him. Um, I, I don't know if he's if he's getting near starting 11 uh, anytime soon particularly with the options that Kenny does have in that particular area around about now uh, similarly with the goalkeepers um, like I see the absolute needs to bring them in and have people working there but I wouldn't say uh, with a heavy heart that James Talbot has been the best goalkeeper in in the Premier Division so far this season uh, Brian Marr probably is deserving and, and mm. a bit of, a bit overdue for that chance um, but yeah I, there's a couple of players in there you, can, you absolutely see the benefit like for someone like Ryan Manning who's in that squad as well today like it's a huge chance for him because he's been overlooked for so many squads when you know his form for Swansea would have suggested that he was more than worthy of a place in, in Stephen Kenny's thoughts but um, yeah like I don't think too much should be read into it I think that the main headlines coming out of that are obviously Coleman's injury, Alman injury and whether or not someone like Sean McLaughlin can prove his worth to make that step up and someone like Andy Lyons is probably unlucky to miss out but again we're probably nitpicking when you're getting into that stage.
2: So Manchester City's performance last night been described as maybe mm-hmm. the greatest first 45 minutes that's ever been from an English team in European football and it's been met since then with um, the 115 charges of financial impropriety being mentioned at every single turn. Obviously uh, Richie City have kept the heads down today. Uh, Let's keep the talk on football as much as we can from their point of view, right?
0: Yeah, I think the uh, the timing of this today, I think you'd be a bit naive if you don't think they're connected to the discourse that's been around this week. Uh, Manchester City have lodged legal challenges to the 150 in charges of financial impropriety which they're facing. Rather than addressing the substance of those charges, they claim recent changes to Premier League rules mean they shouldn't apply to investigations into breaches which came prior to those changes. City are also questioning the involvement of Murray Rosen Casey, who is believed to be an Arsenal fan. Rosen is the head of the Premier League's independent judicial panel
2: uh, Nathan by what round of the championship do you start attending Mayo games wasn't sent by me just in case <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, yeah, th- th- in this industry you know we like work at the weekend so every championship game so far I've been covering a Premier League game so that has been ruled out as we enter the summer I will make my decisions based upon the nice trips that may await the preliminary final, I'm definitely in if Mayo end up stuck in that yeah green and red jersey comes out of mop ball storage absolutely event. yeah And, you know, places with corporate boxes and things like that, where a good day can be had by all. Lads, can we F right off at your talk of restoring Kilkenny football? We can barely hurl at the moment.
1: Yeah. Really? Well. They're looking at the moment. Um, They're looking at what? So Mick Dempsey, who would have worked alongside both Fogarty and Cody, is now involved in a committee, I believe, to look at a... It's one of those where it's like a steering group where they're looking at the lack of success that Kilkenny have had at underage level in recent years and uh, concerns about their development panels. The last county I ever thought would be having to look into their underage structures would be the Kilkenny hurlers, like if the Kerry footballers had to do the same. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, they're a little bit concerned, Um, Galway and Offaly have won the provincial championships this year in 20s and minor but it seems that Kilkenny are maybe not bringing through as many
2: players as they hoped a little bit further down bit of success for Offaly and Kilkenny are in absolute crisis it seems so Yeah, maybe that's the trigger even the Kilkenny (laughs) crest only has hurling on it Uh, I don't think you're right Stephen on YouTube if I look at the crest there is a uh, clearly a slitter there between the two players but down the bottom I think that's a that's, football could definitely be interpreted as a could football could be interpreted as a football yeah. or maybe just something they're standing on but it does look could be the moon could be a football a
0: uh, couple of other stories Richie just looking at the ball there uh, Corey Connors by the way is uh, three birdies and four holes seeing him go to four under par at the top of the leaderboard at Oak Hill uh, Rory McIlroy bogeyed the fifth there and he's back to two over par uh, elsewhere Jur- Jurgen Klopp has been given a one match touchline ban with another suspended he's been punished for those comments he made after last month's Premier League game with Tottenham Klopp is going to miss Saturday's visit of Aston Villa to Anfield their final home game he's also been fined £75,000 the second game of his ban is suspended until the end of next season uh, Rafa Nadal-Mihua confirmed today he won't play at next week's French Open the 14 time Roland Garros champion still hasn't recovered from a hip injury that first arose during January's Australian Open Nadal's also ruled himself out of Wimbledon it's also likely he'll probably miss the US Open too and he says next year will be his last on tour and Eddie Hearn says Katie Taylor getting stopped on Saturday night would likely put the kibosh on a Croke Park fight both Taylor and Chantelle Cameron held a press conference this afternoon ahead of Saturday's meeting at Dublin's Three Arena Hearn says he believes Taylor has three to five professional fights left in her and a close fight on Saturday would likely mean a rematch in Crow Park. Taylor, though, says she's ready to face the undisputed super lightweight champion.
2: Yeah, I think one thing that has marked my career over the years is I, I never uh, picked the easy challenge. I won the biggest the biggest tests and the biggest challenges. And what's the point, really? Yeah, I, want, I have a chance to become a 2 way undisputed champion on Saturday evening in front of my home crowd. This is absolutely so, so special. I am expecting uh, a tough fight, but I feel like I am ready for whatever comes my way on Saturday evening. Uh, It is an insane weekend of sport.
1: Just a bit, yeah. Particularly, as you said, if you're sitting down watching the rugby, you go straight into the Katie Taylor fight pretty much directly after that. Plenty of football in the afternoon. I'm not sure if I totally agree with Eddie Hearn's logic there. If Chantal Cameron was to get a knockout victory against Katie Taylor, they're for Cameron's titles. So Katie Taylor would still be holding her undisputed lightweight titles. So people are still interested in watching the Serrano fight. I know it would take some of the gloss off Katie Mm. Taylor being undefeated and all that. But surely if people were interested to go and watch Serrano versus Taylor and Croker Storyline anyway. is the
2: storyline I think it's the momentum and the final fight And all of that
1: So hold on, does that not make this fight even more risky Than we thought it was then? Or is this Eddie just adding up the hype ahead of the fight? Well, I
2: think she had to take the fight Well, no, she, wanted she wanted to to the Yeah, but she wanted to fight in Dublin So uh, this well, was the Diz- opportunity
1: DAZN wanted to fight on this weekend Is the reason that's in the three arena in Dublin this weekend What time's it on it? Oh, probably Ringwalk could be around 10 o'clock or so It's actually a substantial well, expensive abundance
2: Expensive day, isn't it? Twelve quid for the mail match. How much does the zone?
1: I think it's nine ninety nine a month. Uh, I think you can get a longer pass for the year. But uh, if you're watching it, uh, you know by correct methods it would be nine ninety nine.
0: <laughs> Don't it's either that or four grand to get in or oh, yeah exactly there's definitely in, a grand
1: I think I saw tickets for one and a half grand available if you're that way inclined.
0: Uh,
2: Roy McIlroy has just dropped a shot at the 14 so he's back to two over par Shane Lowry is also on two over par he's just about to play the 14 Potter Carrington is on one over par and Corey Connors is in the lead four under par one shot ahead of Ryan Fox and Victor Hovland then Scotty Scheffler lurking just a further shot behind we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the PGA throughout the evening and we will keep you up to date with all the live football as well Richie good stuff as always nice lads Will thank you cheers Nathan uh, the news round is an association which let labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now